You are listening to a podcast by Spring Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Spring Hill Church is called to reach everyday people with God's grace, His unconditional love, and the life-changing power of His Word. Thanks for listening, and if you would like more information, you can visit us online at springhill.cc. All right, everybody. Well, let's pray, and we'll get started tonight and get into the Word. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your faithfulness and your love. Father, thank you for how you take care of us, how you minister to us. We're so grateful for the Lord Jesus and all that he's done for us for the price that he paid. Lord, thank you that in him we have been redeemed. We've been delivered. We're born again. And I thank you, Father, that you love us and are working in our lives in a great way. And so, Father, we thank you tonight as we gather around your word that, Father, we believe to be fed tonight. We believe, Lord, for the Spirit of God to bring revelation and insight. And, Lord, I thank you that we're going to see things tonight that we've never seen before from your word, maybe from familiar scripture. But, Lord, I thank you there's nothing old or outdated about your word it's always fresh and alive. And so, Lord, we believe to receive tonight. I thank you that we'll be different, we'll be better because of it. And we give you praise for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we've been, uh, this yeah. is week number six in our uh, series where we've been talking about our refresher study in faith. So we've just been going over some faith principles. And I, I, I want to mention this to you. I, I don't think any of us would do this, but I, it just goes, uh, I need to say it anyway, but don't let, if if you've heard these things before, I heard one, one minister say it this way, don't inoculate yourself to the truth of God's word because you've heard it before. You know, always have your faith alive and believing to receive whatever it is that God has for you. And no matter if it is something that you've heard before, because to be honest with you, we probably have all heard these things before. And so, uh, you know, it just, again, it does good for us to hear it and get it down in our spirits. And so I'm not going to back up too much in our review tonight. We've been talking about uh, seven steps to prayer that br brings results. We've been talking about praying the prayer of faith, how to release our faith. We talked a lot about our confession of faith and those types of things. And so Let's continue on. Uh, let me give you number one, the first step that we began talking about last week, and that was this, and it is decide what you want from God and get the scriptures that definitely promise you these those things. So whatever it is that you're in need of and you're getting ready to pray about now, and again, I said this last week, but I want to say this, sometimes you don't have time to do this right here. Um, you know, sometimes... Uh, urgent situations arise and you need to pray immediately. But if it's something that you are dealing with in your own life, a need that has arisen, then I encourage you take some time and go to the word and find out what does the word say about this situation. You know, one thing I love about the Bible is, you know, I don't know of too many general things that it does not address uh, in our lives. You know, there might be specifics as far as the will of God is concerned that the Bible doesn't spell out verbatim for us, but most issues, most needs that we face in life, the Bible has it covered. And so I, I, you need to find out what the Word of God says about those things and base your prayer on the Word. 
I think if there's one thing that the largest or a large portion of the body of Christ does in missing it in their prayer life is the fact that because they don't base their prayers on the word, they, they pray amiss and aren't able to receive because their prayers aren't word-based. Now, one of the reasons that we said that you have to base your, your prayer on the word of God is because of the time span and the fight that's going to come to pass between the time you say amen and the time the answer and the manifestation of your prayer shows up. Uh, you need to understand the enemy is going to oppose you. And if there's time involved or time in between those two things, which normally there is, then you need to know uh, your mind is going to give you a hard time. The enemy's going to give you a hard time. And so you need to understand there's going to be a fight. And so the word is the anchor. The word is what we can go back to and remind ourselves, keep ourselves stirred up on, on what is the basis of our prayer. First Timothy 6.12, we looked at that scripture where Timothy, Paul wrote Timothy and said, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. So two things. Number one, he said, fight the good fight of faith. The, good, the faith is a good fight because if you stay in it, you win. Now, the other thing he said is lay hold of eternal life. And what that implies to me is, is that you're going to, there's some things that you and I are going to have to take hold of, grab a hold of by faith and refuse to let it go until we receive the manifestation of our prayer. And so that's the, 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 I, I heard, uh, I can't remember exactly who said it, but there's a bulldog tenacity that you need to have where your faith is concerned, that when you get a hold of something, when you lay hold of something in prayer, you absolutely refuse to let it go. And so in that in-between time, between amen and the time that the manifestation shows up, refuse to let go of your, your faith and hold on to the word of God. So after you have found what does the Bible say about my situation, then number two is, Ask God for the things that you want or need and believe that you have them. Now, I want to just talk for just a minute uh, as I was going back over my notes and studying some, the Lord just stirred in my heart about asking. You know, there are sometimes, and, and I don't hear it too much anymore, but uh, those of us that have been around this for a while, uh, maybe you've been in a prayer group or a church group um, and uh, time would be opened up for prayer, and you hear somebody say, uh, you know, I have an unspoken request. And, uh, you know, you can't get into agreement if you don't know what to ask for. Now, you don't need to, uh, you know, necessarily reveal all your business, but people need enough that they can pray intelligently about what you your need is. And so the, the thing is, and go with me over to Matthew chapter 6. I want to look at several scriptures. Matthew chapter 6, and I want to read verses 7 and 8. Matthew chapter 6, and verses 7 and 8. Now, Jesus, and we looked at this when we were studying the Sermon on the Mount, but Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 7, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. Now, two things I want you to see about verse eight, and that is this. 
God knows everything. He is uh, uh, omniscient. He knows everything, and he knows exactly what you need. But notice what Jesus went on to say there. He didn't put a period there. He said, your heavenly Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So even though God knows what we need, we still need to ask. And that goes to, you know, a uh, maybe a misunderstanding. I'll just, I'll say it that way, that, um, you know, there's a lot of Christians that believe that if it's God's will for my life, it's just going to automatically show up in my life, you know, because, because after all, all God's in control. So whatever happens in my life, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, it all passes through his hands anyway. Well, that's absolutely not the truth. The fact of the matter is Jesus said that even though your heavenly father knows that you have this need, you still need to ask him. Okay. So you're there in Matthew six, look over at chapter seven and look at verse seven, Matthew seven and verse seven. And, uh, you know, really, as I was preparing this, I did not realize how much Jesus actually said about asking. Okay. So Matthew seven, verse seven ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So asking is very, very important. Go over with me a few pages to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. And look at what Jesus taught us about the prayer of agreement. Matthew 18, 19. You probably can quote this as well as I can. Matthew 18, 19, Jesus said this, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, I want to say this to you, and I had a very good friend when I back when I was in Bible school um, that taught me this lesson, and I'll tell you how he taught me. There was something, and I even forget what the what the need was at the particular time. I can't remember if I was experiencing uh, uh, something going on in my body or if I had a another type of need or whatever. But he worked with me at the company that we worked with. He went to the Bible school that I went to in Tulsa. And uh, so uh, I was just talking to him in conversation, and I said, um, I called him by name and I said, I have this need. And I, again, I forget what the need was, but, but I said, okay, um, I need you to agree with me that that need is taken care of. And he said this, he said, I agree. And he turned around and walked away. Now on the surface, that sounds fine, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus did not say if someone else validates your need, then you'll have the answer to your prayer. Notice what Jesus said. He said, if any two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it shall be done. 
What does that mean? Jesus was being that specific. And you know, I, I often say Jesus didn't do random or accidental. So what he is after is for there to be 100% agreement, then both parties need to make a petition, need to ask and pray about that situation. Now, uh, the way Brother Hagen used to do it in his meetings is if somebody came to him and asked him to agree with them in prayer, he would say to them, okay, now you listen to me pray. And so he would pray first, and then he would say, okay, now you pray and you know, get your prayer to be in line with my prayer as we pray and agree on the word of God. And so what you're doing is you're making sure that you are in agreement. In other words, just because you sign off on somebody else's prayer does not mean uh, that that prayer is going to be answered. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, if two of you shall agree on anything that they shall ask, it shall be done. Now, why is this? Well, he goes on to say, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. So when you get two people that are praying together in agreement and, and praying in the name of Jesus, Jesus said, I will be right there in the middle of that agreement. I'll be right there in the middle of that prayer, causing the answer to come and to show up. So I just wanted to share that with you. Go over with me to John's gospel, the 15th chapter. John's gospel, the 15th chapter. You know, that's why, um, you know, if you're praying with your spouse or you're praying with a good friend, you need to know what is the other person believing in their heart, okay? And the best way that you can get them to show you that is to pray. Uh, let the words come out of their mouth because, again, we're not, you know, judging or being critical of anybody. But listen, for there to be agreement, you have to be believing the same thing. So if I need healing in my body and I come to somebody and I say, hey, will you agree with me for healing in my body? And I pray the word and I say, Lord, it, based on your word, you said that Jesus took my sickness, carried my disease, and by his stripes I'm healed. So I believe I receive my healing right now. And the other person begins to pray and they say something to the effect of, well, Lord, if it's your will, will heal Brad right now. Well, that's not faith. Uh you know, that's basically when you add, if it's your will, that is not agreement and that's not faith. In other words, to use our modern vernacular, you're not singing off the same sheet. Okay. You need to be believing the same thing because there's power that is released. The power of God is released when two believers come into agreement like that. All right. John chapter 15 and verse seven, Jesus said this, John 15, seven, if you abide in me. Now, in, in your Bible, if you can, or if you want to make a note, the word abide there means live in. So, for instance, I abide in my home. I live in my home. I don't just come and stay for a little while and then leave. No, I'm, I'm here. This is my home. You abide in your home. So, you could say it this way. If you make your home in me and my words make their home in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit, 
so you will be my disciples. So Jesus said, if, if you make up and take your residence in him and his word uh, takes up residence in you, then you can ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, um, let, let, let me add a scripture in here. Let's go over to 1 John chapter 5, please. 1 John chapter 5. This isn't in my notes, but uh, I, I believe the Lord wants us to take a look at this. 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, let's look at verse 14. So John's epistle, chapter 5, verse 14. Now this is why we need the word abiding in us. So Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will. Look at John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, how are you going to find out what the will of God is? From the word, okay? And, and it's going to take, it's going to require more than a casual relationship. You're going to have to let the word take up residency in your heart. But he said, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So that's the first thing. So if I pray, my prayer is in line with the will of God, then it's a given. God hears my prayer. Okay. Then verse 15, if we know that he hears us, so how do we know that? Because we prayed according to his will, then whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So you can have confidence in that when you pray in line with the word of God, you can have confidence that you are praying in line with the will of God. And if you pray in line with the will of God, God has heard your prayer. Somebody said, but I don't feel like he heard my prayer. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter if it feels like your prayer didn't go any higher than the ceiling. God heard your prayer. If you prayed according to the will and the word of God, God heard your prayer. And if God hears your prayer, then your prayer gets answered. All right. So just know that, that, that is confidence that we can have. All right. So go back to John 15, John 15, and let's look at verse 16. John 15, verse 16, Jesus again speaking, he said this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. So again, Asking is required, and asking in his name, Jesus said, he'll give it to you. And go over a page or two to John 16. Look at verses 23 and 24. John 16, verses 23 and 24. Jesus said, and in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you until now you have asked nothing in my name. 
ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Now, to give you a little context of what Jesus is saying here, he's talking to his disciples, and you've got to keep in mind, his disciples for three and a half years, he has been the physical, visible source to them of anything that they needed. You know, when they forsook all and left their families and and their livelihoods and went and began to travel with Jesus to minister with him, they looked to him to meet every single need of their lives. They looked to him to supply shelter and, and food and help to uh, pay any obligations that they had, whatever the need was, they looked to Jesus physically to be able to meet that need. So he has just gotten through telling them a little earlier, hey guys, listen, I'm getting ready to leave. Uh, I'm not going to be here much longer. So they're they're shocked by that. They're surprised at that. And so what Jesus is saying to them is, hey, listen, in, in, in that day, what day? The day after he is gone, after his death, burial, resurrection, and he ascends to heaven, he says, and in that day, you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Okay, why? Why did? Why up until now have they asked nothing in his name? Because he was standing right there. Okay, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So we don't necessarily, and you don't have to be dogmatic with this, but we don't necessarily bring our petitions to Jesus. We don't necessarily pray and ask Jesus for things. We ask the Father in Jesus' name. Now, you can pray to Jesus. You can worship Jesus. You can praise Jesus. But he specifically told us to bring our request to the Father in his name. Now, there's a big reason why Jesus instructed us to do that, and that is this. Heaven recognizes your prayers that are prayed in Jesus' name the same way that they would acknowledge and recognize prayers that Jesus prayed himself. All right? So when you say, and by the way, that's not just some catchy little phrase we put at the end of our prayers next to amen. All right? No, it needs to be something. You need to understand what you're doing. When you pray and you say, in Jesus' name, you're praying and you're saying, as Jesus, as my representative in heaven, Jesus as my advocate in heaven, Jesus as my Lord in heaven, I am praying in his name, and all of heaven responds to the name of Jesus. Okay, so, uh, you know, and I'm just as guilty as anybody in this, but don't let your prayers become so routine and mundane where you end your prayer in Jesus' name, amen. By the way, uh, the word amen does not mean uh, I'm hanging up for now and I'll talk to you later, okay? Amen translated means so be it. In other words, what I just prayed in Jesus' name, so be it. Now, if you started ending your prayers with that instead of amen, you know, because again, it's become so traditional, so ha habit for us. 
uh, we've lost the meaning of it. But when you start ending your prayers and you say, Father, I'm asking you, and then you bring your petition, I'm asking you this based on your word in Jesus' name, and I declare, so be it. Uh, you'll start perceiving your prayers doing something different than in Jesus' name, amen. Okay? Like we're praying over a biscuit. All right? So now we can see from all these scriptures that even though God knows what we have need of, he still wants us to ask him for the things that we have need of. And we ask him in Jesus' name. Now, I want to go back over to Mark's gospel, the 11th chapter. And let's look at this again, Mark chapter 11. You remember I gave you last week two different faith applications, okay? Two different things that we're to believe God in Mark eleven twenty three 23 and Mark eleven twenty four. 24. So faith is released differently in Mark eleven twenty three 23 than it is in Mark eleven twenty four. We said in Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said that our faith is released when we speak to the mountain and we believe that what we say shall come to pass or that it that we will have whatever we say all right now notice the difference in in the the verbiage there jesus said that he who believes in that those things he says will be done he will have whatever he says so in verse 23, what my faith is to be released on is these words that are coming out of my mouth, I believe that they shall come to pass. I believe that they shall be done. All right? So listen to the difference. And then in verse 24, he said, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Now, them in, in the King James is uh, italicized, so meaning it was added at the privilege of the translators. So let me read it to you without those italicized words. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have. Believe that you receive and you will have. Now, when is it you're supposed to believe that you receive the answer? When you pray. All right. Notice that is not a future thing, such as declaring with my mouth and believing that what I say shall come to pass. This is different. When you pray the prayer of faith, you are to believe at the moment that you pray. When you pray, believe that you receive and you'll have the answer. Let me read a couple of different translations. Mark eleven twenty four 24 in the Amplified says this, for this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. So, so the Amplified says that when you pray, the moment you pray, believe that it is granted to you and you will get it. So the, the Amplified is telling us, just like the, the New King James, so at the moment I pray and release my faith, I am to believe that the answer is already mine, that I have the answer at that moment. 
Listen to the Bible in basic English. It says this, for this reason, I say to you, whatever you make a request for in prayer, have faith that it has been given to you and you will have it. The New English translation says this, for this reason, I tell you, whatever you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So there is a difference in speaking to the mountain and believing that what I say to the mountain will come to pass and then praying the prayer of faith, because in the prayer of faith, I believe at that moment that I pray that I have received the answer. Now, see, we need to be um, mindful when we use phrases such as, you know, after we've prayed about something, uh, we use phrases like, I'm believing God for the provision, or I'm believing God for my healing, or I'm believing God. We need to be mindful and pay attention to your words. You know, uh, as I always tell you, pay attention to the details, because if you're not mindful of that, what you're actually doing is undoing your faith because you're saying, I'm believing God for that to happen. Where Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you receive the answer then. In other words, I believe that it's done then. I'm not believing God to do it. I'm believing that it is done now and the answer is mine. Do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. does, that, does that make it clear? Okay. All right. Now, let me take a little side journey for a moment. And, um, What's going to happen with the prayer of faith when you pray at that moment, and as the New English says, and that and at that moment you believe that you have received the answer and it will be yours, you need to understand Satan will try and tell you that no, you don't have the answer. Okay? He's going to come at you and try and convince you that no, you don't have the answer. Now, E.W. Kenyon uh, wrote this, and then, of course, other ministers have picked up on it and, and talked about it, too. But there's two things, two areas of, of knowledge or truth that you're going to deal with in that moment. So after you've prayed the prayer of faith, after you have believed that you receive the answer, and that it's on that you have it. It's it's mine. I have it now. There is what is called sense knowledge truth. S e n s e sense five physical senses knowledge truth, and and that makes is made up of things that can be perceived with the five physical senses. What I can see, feel, touch, taste, hear, and smell. All right, that's what sense knowledge is based on. Now, there's another knowledge that we have access to or another truth that we have access to, and that is revelation truth, and that is the things that are declared to us by God's Word. Now, when those two are running parallel together, that's great, okay? No problem. But what's going to happen when you begin to release your faith and you pray the prayer of faith, 
that more times than not, the sense knowledge truth is going to go perpendicular with the revelation truth. In other words, your senses are going to try and tell you that nothing has changed, that you don't have the answer. Uh, you know, why don't you look and see whether you got your healing? Why don't you check and see whether, you know, this has happened or this has happened and so forth and so on? Because what what sometimes your mind does it, the enemy works against us, but what he's trying to get you to do is back away from your faith in believing that you have received the answer. Because it's going to go something like this. I believe that I received the answer. Well, if you have received the answer, then why don't you see it? Why don't you have it? Why aren't you experiencing it? Why don't you see it in your bank account yet? Why don't you see it in your physical body yet? Okay. And that is sense knowledge truth. But what you have to fall back on at that point is the revelation truth, the things that have been declared to us by the word of God. So let's take healing, for instance. I release my faith and I say, Father, I believe that I receive my healing right now at this moment. From this moment forward, I am healed. All right. I'm not believing God to get my healing. I'm not believing God for my healing. I believe that I am healed now. Healing is mine. I am the healed of the Lord. Well, if there's pain in your body and that pain doesn't go away immediately, okay, then that sense knowledge truth is going to try and argue with you and say to you, well, you know, you didn't get your healing. God didn't answer your prayer because you still feel exactly the same way you did before you prayed. Well, you have to go back to that revelation truth and say, no, in Jesus' name, I believe what the word says. And the word says, by his stripes, I am healed. All right. Now, write this statement down. I'm going to repeat it a couple of times, please. That which is in the spiritual realm is made real and manifest in the natural realm through my faith. Let me say it again. That which is in the spiritual realm is made real and manifest in the natural realm through my faith. One more time. That which is in the spiritual realm is made real and manifest in the natural realm through my faith. Um, go over with me to Ephesians, the first chapter, please. Ephesians chapter one. And I'm going to show you a scripture that um, I, I tell you, when I got the revelation of this several years ago, uh, it really helped me. Okay. So let me say that that sentence again. That which is in the spiritual realm is made real and manifest in the natural realm through my faith. Now, put this as a little addendum to that. Write this down. My faith grasps it, whatever it is that I have prayed for, and creates the reality of it in my life. Faith, my faith grasps it and creates the reality of it in my life. I uh, Willie George, uh, um, several years ago, did a 
great illustration. And for those of you who don't know who he is, he's a, a great pastor uh, out in Tulsa. Uh, he had a, an awesome, awesome children's ministry, really revolutionized ch children's ministry in the whole body of Christ. So just a great man of God. But he did an illustration one time on stage that uh, just made a mark in my thinking. Now, Willie, his father was a rodeo cowboy. And uh, so, you know, all throughout his his uh, children's ministry career, he was known as Gospel Bill. He was a cowboy and, and all of that. So, and of course, he did children's ministry out in the Midwest and Texas and Oklahoma and so forth. But anyway, in this message, as a pastor uh, at Church on the Move, he, uh, he had, uh, I forget what it was. I don't think it was a, a fake calf. Maybe it was a fake little cow like you would practice roping with. And so he had it on the other side of the stage from where he was standing. And he had a rope, like a lasso type rope. And uh, he said, here's what your faith does. He said, when you pray and you believe that you receive the answer, there's your answer. And he pointed to this little plastic cow on the other side of the platform. He said, here's what your faith does. And he took the rope and he lassoed that cow. Now, they had put that cow on wheels so it could roll around. And so it was just a little roping steer practice type thing. And so he roped it and he said, here's what your faith does. He said, the more that you stand in faith and you confess that whatever it is, I believe I have the answer. And then you spend time praising God that you have the answer. And so he kept saying that and kept saying that. And as he did, he pulled on that rope and pulled that, that plastic cow thing closer and closer and closer to him to where eventually it was right up next to him. And so it, it was an awesome illustration to show you that what your faith does is it reaches out there into the spirit realm where the answer is already given and it brings it to you into this natural realm as you confess God's word, as you stand in faith, and as you praise and worship God for the answer. That's what faith does. And so it causes, it draws the answer, the manifestation of the answer to that prayer to you. Now, in Ephesians chapter one, uh, Paul said this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, verse one, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, is that past tense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, I want to stop right there. I really dove into this verse. This was many years ago, and I did some study on it. So notice what it says. He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So I'm going to say this. Everything that you and I could possibly have need of God has already met that need and blessed you with it in, notice what it says, with every spiritual blessing. 
Now, that last phrase, in the heavenly places in Christ, don't think the literal place where, where God lives and Jesus is in heaven and your loved ones and so forth. What the actual Greek says is that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm where God lives. In other words, in the realm of the spirit, where God lives, where God makes his home, where God makes his domain, not the physical place of heaven, but the realm in which God lives. So what I want you to see is, is that God has already provided everything that you could possibly need and put it aside for you over there in that heavenly realm where he lives and faith is what receives whatever it is that's over there that you have need of and brings it over into this natural realm where you need it and can apply it to your life. Okay. So, so in other words, um, what faith does is it takes hold of those things that are already over there. Your healing has already been bought and paid for. It's over there in that realm. It belongs to you. You know, the scripture, uh, there's, there's scriptures that say things like that, that God has victory in store for the upright. Well, where does he have it stored up at? It's over there in that realm where he is. So what faith does is faith reaches over into that spirit realm because faith is spiritual. So faith reaches over into that spiritual realm where those things are that God has already provided and bought and paid for for you and brings it out of that spiritual realm into the natural realm where you and I live and function and operate. You know, think about Hebrews eleven six, 6, which we read early on in this series, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Bible Amplified said the proof of the reality, proof of their reality. In other words, faith believes that those things are out there. And what my faith is doing is grabbing a hold of what belongs to me in Christ and bringing it over into my life so I can experience it in this natural life and in the world in which we live. Okay. So the prayer of faith believes that you receive the answer. So when I pray according to the will of God, God hears my prayer. And the prayer, the answer to that prayer is yes and amen. Now I'm going to say this to you. When you, you know, somebody will say, well, you know, no isn't even an answer to a prayer. Well, listen, if you pray something according to the word of God, you're never going to hear no. Okay. Point blank. Now, when we hear no is when we get outside of the will of God and start asking for stupid stuff. All right. Because God knows what's better for us than we do sometimes. But when you pray for something based in the word of God, that is the will of God for you to have, you are never going to hear God say no. Matter of fact, the scripture says in Corinthians that all of his promises are yes and amen. What did I tell you amen means? So be it. So if it is in the word of God and it's been promised to us and it belongs to us in Christ, the answer is already yes and so be it. All right. Now, 
All right, so that all that's point number two. I can tell right now I'm not going to get through all seven of these pages. But anyway, that's all right. We'll, we can just keep pressing on. All right, so here we go. Number three, all right, never permit a mental picture of failure to enter your thinking. Never permit a, a, a mental picture of failure to enter your thinking. And, you know, listen, I know I've been there. I, you know, I deal with stuff just like you guys do. So I know those thoughts that cross your mind. Well, you know, you, you might not get it this time. Okay. So those thoughts, those thoughts of doubt will cross your mind. And of course, you know, from what we've taught about uh, how your mind works, you think in pictures. So if, if you dwell on that for just a second, a minute, the picture of you not experiencing and receiving the answer to your prayer will have an opportunity to pass into your thinking. So never permit that picture of failure to enter your thinking. Let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you ask. Let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you ask. Now, you know, we talked about in uh, our series at church, Be Transformed, uh, about thoughts and about doubts. Here's how you address doubt. Resist it, rebuke it, and pull it down. Put the word in your mouth and pull that thing down. When that image of, of failure like, I'm not going to receive the answer. Uh, I might not get healed this time. No, you're going to have to resist that and rebuke it and pull it down in the name of Jesus. No, I cast that thought down. I receive my healing. I receive my need met. My needs are already met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So pull them down. Now, listen, you're going to have to, like I said, be like that bulldog determination and decide failure is not an option. Listen, when you have based your prayer on something from the Bible, something from the word of God, failure, if, if there is failure, it's not God's fault. It's not on God's side. I can promise you and say this with all authority on the word of God, if there is a failure, it's because we quit and we let go and we did not hold on to the promise. Somebody said, well, pastor, how long do I have to hold on until you win? It's that easy. And listen, your heavenly father is the umpire. Your heavenly father determines when the game is over. The devil doesn't get to determine when the game is over. No, you stay with it. Now, listen, I'm going to say this to you. If you find yourself where you have gotten away from faith and you, you realize, I mean, I've gotten over into doubt and, and, and unbelief, just repent. Repent and say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry. I have gotten off into doubt. I repent. I ask you to forgive me. Help me to pick it right back up in faith. And here's what you're going to find out about God is God didn't walk away from you in that moment. He's right there where you left him. And when you decide to repent and pick it back up and grab back hold of your faith, God, you'll find that God is right there at that moment. He's right there ready 
to pick it up and to proceed and keep going with you in that, that fight. Okay. So uproot every thought, every image, every impression or feeling that is contrary to what you have prayed and believed that you received the answer. Uproot it. Don't let it uh, develop roots and get down in your thinking and in your soul like that. All right. All thoughts, dreams, impressions, or feelings that do not contribute to your faith must be destroyed. Now, I'm going to say this to you. You might need to cut yourself off from some things that are feeding that doubt. Now, um, and I don't mean you, you get rude or you're mean or anything like that. But if you need to disconnect from somebody or you need to disconnect from social media or you need to disconnect from this or that, that is feeding that doubt into your thinking. Listen, you're doing yourself a favor if you do that. You're doing yourself a favor if you disconnect from that. You know, it might be temporarily, but you if you disconnect from that, so that those things are not able to plant seeds into your thinking, uh, you're doing yourself a huge favor. Now, here's something you need to understand. The enemy is going to try and keep, get you to keep checking to see if anything's changed. <laughs> and it's so subtle, so subtle, particularly where uh, healing is concerned. You know, if you got something that uh, you know, you have prayed, you have believed God, and you're standing in faith for healing in your body. The devil's going to keep trying to get you. Hey, why don't you go in the bathroom and check and see if that's gone away yet? Listen, it and if it's something that's visible <laughs> on your body that you can visibly see, um, it you know you're going to have to uh, do battle with that thing because that that thing that you can see is going to try and work on your faith. All right. I want to read something. Um, let me read a testimony to you. Uh, Brother Hayden, this is a book that I have had for 40 plus years. And this is a, uh, they've updated them now, but let me read a testimony to you uh, from brother that Brother Hagen puts in here. Um, he says this, another example I want to bring in here has to do with my daughter, Pat. When she was just about three years old, she had a growth that came in the corner of her left eye. It just kept getting larger and larger until it was about the size of the end of her little finger. We became very concerned about it, and I knew in my spirit that it was going away. But when people around us said it would go away, I knew that if it did go away, the people would think that it would have gone away anyway. So I inquired around concerning an eye specialist, and I found out that the leading eye specialist of the southwestern part of the United States wasn't too far from where we were. We went to that city and took Pat to the specialist to have her examined. When we saw him, I introduced myself as being a minister. He examined her and told us that she had a type of growth that would never go away except by cutting it off. He said that if it did go away, it would be a miracle. Well, I believe in miracles, but I didn't tell him this. He said there wasn't one chance in a million that it would go away. He said that the operation should be done right so that it right away so that it would not come back. 
He said that if it were to stay on there and not be taken off, it would grow real large and just hang down over her face. Well, I thanked him and we left. He said for us to make an appointment with him and he would take it off on Monday morning and she would go home in the afternoon. But I knew I wouldn't have to go back because I believe in divine healing. We went home then and I prayed about it that night at about 10, 15. I prayed generally for a while. And then I said, Lord, the doctor said an operation is necessary, but your word says that whatsoever you ask the father, he will give it you. And I stand on that scripture. I've asked you now, and I believe that you've done it. I believe this Monday night at 1015 for my baby's healing. And I thank you for the healing. He goes on to say, I got up off my knees. And as I started to go to bed, the devil told me, turn on the light and see if the growth has gone off her eye but I immediately eradicated that suggestion. I was awakened several times in the night and the suggestion would come to me to go and see if the growth was gone yet. But I said, Satan, why should I get up and turn on the light to see if it's gone yet? I know it's gone because I have God's word for it. When I got up the next morning, the suggestion came back again and I eradicated it again. I kept saying that I had received the healing last night at 1015. When I saw her at breakfast that morning, I looked and it wasn't gone. The Bible tells me to walk by faith and not by sight. So I didn't go by vision or thought. I went by faith. I just kept thanking God for her healing. Every time we ate at the dinner table and I saw the growth sticking right out at me, I would thank God for her healing that took place on that Monday at 1015. I got so taken up with thanking God for the healing of it that I really didn't know when it left. I remember we were going to another church to preach soon after, and as we were driving along, Pat was standing up in the car beside me in the front seat. That was a long time ago. Uh, her left side was nearest me, and I remember that I looked over to say something to my wife, and I noticed that the growth was gone, and she said that it had been gone about 10 days. I had gotten so taken up with thanking God for her healing that I hadn't noticed when it disappeared. So you see, I had a miracle. The praying battle is really fought and won in this realm. So many times people say that they feel like God heard them. Well, I know those people are in for a fall the moment they say that. I say that I know God heard me. I say that I like to believe it because the word said it. God's word is so whether I feel like it or not, all the feelings I had about Pat's eyes were negative, but I know that the devil is a liar. Faith's confession creates reality. Stand your ground. Refuse to be defeated. In the earliest days of my experience, I almost lost out. I was ill for 16 months and in bed with an organic heart trouble and almost paralyzed. The doctor told me that in my chest, every tube was open and undeveloped. There was no operation that could help me. I learned to pray the prayer of faith by reading scripture, Mark eleven twenty four, 24. And I believe that I received healing from my heart when I actually received. I began to say with my mouth that I believed I was healed. And to make a long story short, after 16 months of being bedfast, he was healed and uh, miraculously cured. So my point is this, that when that thing was facing him, he and his wife, notice what they did. Uh, they resisted every thought of failure that was presented to them because of that thing was staring them in the face the whole time. And so my point is this, is that you're going to have to, when that is staring you in the face, no matter what it is, you're going to have to take authority over those thoughts 
And in Jesus' name, say, no, I believe the word of God. I believe that I received the answer. Now, notice what he kept saying. I believed that my daughter was healed at 1015, whatever night it was, Monday night. So that's why I highly recommend to you, when you, if you can, if time permits, pray the prayer of faith, write it down, and make a record of it, and, and write in however you want to keep it. I believe I have received the answer, and date it, put a time there, because that will help you in being able to do what he did and being able to fight those thoughts and say, no, I received the answer on whatever day it was at this time. In Jesus' name, God heard my prayer, and the answer is as good as here because I believe I have received it in Jesus' name. All right? And I'm out of time. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church Podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.